You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, where we are going where the nation wants to go. It's kind of all the way through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have anything to say to that. We are going where the nation wants us to go. I was trying to come up with something witty. We're waiting until the nation tells us where we're supposed to go with the open even. Right, tell me where to go. Uh, But the way that uh, we have a dialogue that's ongoing with the SMR Nation is they call us, let us know what's going on, what questions they have, uh, comments, topics they want us to cover, or they can help round out the conversation by adding their voice to the dialogue. Mm. Like we did last week. Yep. And so you can call 214-702-95665, or you can record it on your own phone, email it, or just put it in text form and mm-hmm. email it like old school mm-hmm. at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Email is old school as opposed to I guess to we could mail. put an address out there and you can <laughs> okay, snail mail snail something mail to us. Um, <laughs> I think that does still exist and operate in, the, in 2022, <laughs> but either case, we love it that the nation is involved and engaged in helping shape what happens here uh, in the broadcast studios of Sexy Marriage Radio. Right. And then we also help love it that the nation helps spread the word. And so you could do that by jumping on iTunes, rate and review, leave a comment, um, review the show on any of the platforms you choose, mm-hmm. help spread the word um, that Sexy Marriage Radio is a place that's really trying to help enhance and heat up sex as we come into 2022 mm-hmm. in marriage. Mm-hmm. So a quick little housekeeping before we jump into today's show. Okay. Um, for those of the members of the nation that are up to date and listening regularly, uh, uh, as in like it comes out on Wednesdays are our shows, and I know there's a lot that listen on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got some back-end work happening as the weekend approaches. So on Friday, mm-hmm. we've got some technical stuff we're doing on the back-end with the, where we house the audio. So it's all being moved. Okay. It should be seamless, but... As any time we've done anything with uh, with the site, uh, with any of the kind of stuff with the feeds, all that, we love it if people will at least let us know if there's an issue. Yeah, so if you send, can't get it. Let yeah, us know. Send we'll an take email care of it. to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com or Corey at smrnation.com, either one. Just to, hey, I got a little bit of a glitch. Hey, just because we want to make sure that while this should all be done seamlessly, no one will even know, mm-hmm. um, there's always the possibility that we have a little problem because technology is great when it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when it doesn't, it causes some headaches. So yeah. just a quick little heads up, but shouldn't even notice. It shouldn't even be a blip on the radar from everybody. Okay. Well, coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio is a conversation uh, that I had. We're doing a little different this year, this year, this episode. Or this episode. Yeah, we'll just keep, it to, this, we'll keep it to this episode. Um, sure. So Clinton and Charity Munoz joined me. Mm-hmm. And this is a young couple. Uh, I was introduced to them because I was on their show. They have a podcast called Restored to More. Mm-hmm. And they have begun a mission in a ministry of trying to help couples that are dealing with the recovery of pornography mm-hmm. and how it impacts the couple. Right. And how um, it's usually one person's route of what they're dealing with, and the other person just has to deal with the collateral damage and the issues that come from it. They don't get into the causality of, which is the common, well, what did I do wrong? And all, but Sure. So this is just, a, a, it's their story in today's show. 
That's of, great. Of how this unfolded, what all went on, because it was quite involved. Mm-hmm. Um, there, uh, early on in marriage and on into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if this is something that uh, rings true to you, and if this is something that has impacted your marriage, right now, here in January 2022, uh, they have a course that they run. It's a group that they run every a couple times a year, I think. Mm-hmm. And they're they're launching now. And so if you are a couple that has that resonates with this story because it's been your story too in some shape or mm-hmm. form, you're going to want to follow the links in the show notes and head to their site, which is restoredtomore.com mm-hmm. and the number two, not don't spell out two, but use the number two. Okay. Um, and join into their group. And I think it could be a great to know I'm walking alongside somebody. Right. Great resource. People that have been through it. And you got this group that's going through it together. Mm-hmm. And then on the extended version today, which is deeper, longer, and there are no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com forward slash smracademy. Um, it's charity story and all, how this all went down and how this impacted her mm. and her journey all the way through. Mm-hmm. Because she's like a lot of spouses where... I didn't realize what what this was. I didn't realize how this impacted me. I didn't realize some of my own trauma mm-hmm. and hurt mm-hmm. that was surfaced because of this. Yeah. And so we go into a little deeper of how did this impact her and what did that mean for her? That's great to get both sides of this. And so many people walk in this journey. So mm-hmm. this is fabulous. So all that's coming up on today's show. Well, it's an honor today to have... Um, a guest that they're going to be new to sexy marriage radio, at least for being on the air. I was introduced to Clinton and charity Munoz because I was had the fortune of being on their podcast restored to more. And after the conversation went on, it was like, you guys got to come and and return the favor. And so I'm excited to have you guys here Clinton and, and charity. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you. It's an honor. We're so excited. And so let's just jump right in because, um, you, you guys kind of have this thing. I'm going to give a little macro uh, thousand foot, 30,000 foot of, of my read of you guys um, and what you're doing. But then I want you to get deeper into how this all came to be. And so you guys had um, quite the journey in your marriage uh, with, some, with some betrayals, addictions, uh, pornography, trust, mistrust. I mean, the gamut of things that could be going yeah. on. Um, but not only have you guys done this, the steps that it takes to, to actually approach and deal with it for, for, for yourself and for each other, um, you've now metastasized that or digested that and, and created something that's actually trying to help other people, which is restored mm-hmm. to more, right? And so mm-hmm. um, walk, walk us through of how did this all come to be to where you're sitting here today? And mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I can to not have therapist hat on. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's not what this is, but um, uh, just walk us through the journey. Yeah. Well, I'll have Clinton start and kind of share his perspective. And then I think it's fun to just always share, like, from the women's perspective and our views and our sides. So mm, I like that. I like that idea. Yeah. So, from the husband's perspective, um, I had an addiction to pornography that I brought into my marriage at a young, a young marriage. We were 30 this year, both turned 30. And uh, we got married at 22 years old. So we were a very young, newlywed couple. And um, I had this pattern, this behavior addiction to pornography as a way to cope with all these different, really internal core beliefs that were pretty messed up and that I had to run away from. So the feelings of being inadequate, not being able to handle stress well, I went to performance, all these different things. 
and never found a way to get free from pornography. Unfortunately, I also came from a lot of church hurt where I was a believer and I could, I could worship God for a list of things um, as a Christian, like, hey, God's good. He gave me a beautiful wife and he's blessed my career. I was in finance at the time and all these different things that God had done. But but there was a part of my life that I didn't understand why God had allowed it to happen. And that created some dissension between me and the Lord for sure, as well as me going to people in the church and asking for help and them kind of saying that I wasn't saved or I need to memorize more scripture. I had an addiction because I lacked faith. That kind of stuff was really hurtful and painful as a Christian because I never doubted God's ability to heal me, but yet God also hadn't answered those prayers to heal me through the church and people like that. And so it was a, it was a painful journey to say the least of having a young addiction at the age of like 11, 12 years old, and then carrying that into my marriage, always wishing I would stop, always wanting to stop, but never really knowing where to go for healing. Um, So would you have that typical cycle that is all too common of you kind of get down in the depths of it. And then there's this come to Jesus moment, literally in a sense of never again, I'm done. I'll put it all away. I'll confess or whatever. And you will power it, white knuckle it, whatever. And then only lasts for so long. And here you go again. Yeah, totally. hundred percent. Only I would add to that is that I began to believe that God didn't want to heal it. Maybe this was the thorn in my flesh. So maybe I'm always (laughs) going to struggle with this. Okay. So maybe it became less and less like I have to quit this and more and more like I have to manage it. And so I just have to compartmentalize my life. And so on one side of the spectrum, sure, I'm looking at pornography, showing masturbation. At the point I got married, it it took on a new head and turned into uh, a couple visits to massage parlors and a couple few a few visits to strip clubs. And during this time, it was there, but I still was serving in the church and leading Bible studies and leading worship. And so just a lot of compartmentalizing going on because I had no idea how to make sense of what was going on in my life. Okay. And all of that stuff happened after the marriage when it actually moved into a tangible outward expression, things beyond just the virtual things. Yep. Okay. Okay. I think a lot of that was because of intimacy disorder, which I, I, which now we know is a big deal for men. So as I, as we didn't have sex before marriage, we got into a sexual relationship and that is very intimate. And even that was triggering to my addiction that I didn't know how to live with. I never lived with any, another woman before. So now we're living together. We're doing the newlywed thing. Sex is not like pornography. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of communication. It, it isn't a place where you can show up and just for lack of, I don't mean to be crude, but I guess it's not a place where you can show up and orgasm and then leave. It's a place where it takes two. And it's not a clickable orgasm. That's it. That's it. <laughs> okay. And so I was dissatisfied, even with okay. our sexual experience right off the bat. And that just created a lot of, uh, a lot of, I think, just a big gap in our relationship. Charity knew, unfortunately, I said some hurtful things right off the bat. And, um, and yeah, I, I hid pornography from her for a long time. It wasn't until two years in that she found I was using pornography again. And then two years after that was when everything got really escalated. And she was now going to leave after having our first child. So I'll let you pick up there. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so lucky me, right? That it became tangible when we were married. So um, that adds a whole nother layer. It does to the journey. Because how long did you guys date prior to getting married? Uh, we had only we were only together for a year, so it was okay. very quick. Okay. Um, yet though, because people ask me this, like, did you know about 
his, you know, him looking at pornography. And I did, he had told me like, Hey, this was a struggle in the past. It no longer is um, now, but it was. And then he actually, so sorry, there was a tangible thing um, in his story. He lost his virginity to a prostitute on a mission trip. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So that okay. was the first tangible. And then, and then it started back up when we got married. So okay. he had told me that. Um, we weren't together. I was 16 yeah. years old or no, I was 18 years old, freshman year of college. So that was before. So okay. I did cross the flesh line okay. there with a person. Okay. And Perfect. so he had told me this and, and he was like, I just want you to know everything if we're going to like seriously date and think mm -hmm. about marriage. And I'm like, thank you for sharing that with me. And I think, you know, love is blind. Mm. I was a really good salesman. <laughs> he was. I mean, I, I can word that like, Hey, well, you know, so I crossed the flesh line four years ago, but I hadn't again, yeah. right. I haven't gone to this places in four years, you know, just the, like the pathological liar and manipulator that I had become. Really well, and and yeah. what's so interesting to me is I'm sitting here hearing this because I've not heard your whole story, right? I've watched some snippets of yeah, what you guys yeah. have online and on the show. And when I was with you guys, we didn't talk about your show, you know, your story. Right. And so What's, what's interesting to me, Clinton, is the way you have framed this is one of the things that really amped up your dichotomy, if you will, of this struggle was now all of a sudden I had the chance to be really intimate with another person, i.e. charity, right? And so that's going to reveal things in you and expose things in you, yeah. but yet you had these pseudo intimate moves all the way through of, I want to be intimate with you. So let me share with you what's going on yeah. in my world. Yeah but I put up this buffer that I don't get it all out there. So, yeah. you know, cause I don't really want to have to have you wading in all the dark side of, of, of yeah. me that's going yeah. on. Okay. So that that's yeah. interesting. Cause it's kind of this self-fulfilling you're seeking it, but you're also knowing it's yeah. a problem that I'm seeking. It's going to just magnify what's going on. I think it's just such a fear, yep. such a fear of if I'm fully known, you will not want to be a part of my life. And so I'll let you know who I am to a point. And hopefully you don't reject me. Yeah. But after after I've told you some of it and you don't reject me, that was great. Let's not go into the rest because there's a lot more potential for rejection yeah. and being cast off if you really know who I fully am. Okay. So I just let the world know, including my wife, me up to a point. Yep. Because sometimes okay. it's cool to sometimes it's great to be transparent in church for the use of being liked. I mean, it's like, oh, that was so good. You're so raw and real. And I'm sitting there like, you don't know the half of it, but praise <laughs> the Lord that, you know, that was good. And I'm accepted because I just want to be accepted. Right. Right. Okay. So Charity, keep going then on. Okay. So that happened. And my response was, well, I'm broken too. I have my own, you know, past sexual brokenness. Like God has forgiven me. He's forgiven you. Like, as long as that, you know, you're not bringing that into a relationship and he had convinced me he wasn't, then I'm like, well, then I don't see a problem with it. And so we got married and, um, there was a couple slips in there, meaning like he had confessed, Hey, you know, I've been looking at pornography. We need to, you know, put a lock on the computer. So we had put a lock on the computer and my whole mindset this entire time was, gosh, this really hurts. This is really painful. Yet everybody around me is telling me that it's normal, that every guy struggles uh, that porn is something that guys just do. And it's just like, yeah, like Clint said, the thorn in their flesh. And so, cause when I would start talking to some women about they'd be like, oh yeah, well, all guys look at porn. And I think specifically in the generation that we were grown up in is porn has become our sex ed. And it's sad to say that, but it's mm -hmm. just the truth. Like I learned a lot of this stuff 
from pornography when I was in a group with friends, never struggled with it. But all of the things that I had seen sexually were from porn. And so I think we just, we live in an over-sexualized world where it becomes so just normal and acceptable. And so for me, I'm like battling as a believer, like I, it doesn't feel and sit well with my soul because we are one and we're married. And I just don't understand. There's such a lack of education around pornography, what it does to the brain, how it can totally kill a relationship, intimacy, marriage, sex, everything. I mean, it didn't just affect one aspect. It affected everything. Yeah. Yet we didn't, nobody was saying that it was because of pornography. Uh, it was, they were just, you know, oh, it's just part of newlyweds and right. newlyweds have stuff and it's hard, you know? And so pretty much that just compounded our sex life was not anything like we thought or were, were, was told that it would be. And so, um, we just kind of mustered through and, and then two years into our marriage, I had found, uh, his phone flooded with porn. Um, his phone had dinged. He was sleeping. I was getting ready for work. And I was like, what in the world? This cannot be my husband. There's no way he had like social media accounts and apps that I didn't even know he could do. Um, and I was just like, oh my gosh, what in the world? And so I gently, um, grabbed a pillow, threw it on his face as hard as I could and said, what the flip is this? Like, who are right. you? what is going on? And there was no getting out of it. I mean, there's so much proof and evidence with the things I'd found in his name that he just started weeping. And so I had to leave for work. I started becoming an investigator detective, just like I feel like every wife does when they find this out. And um, especially when it's not disclosed to them, um, but they become a detective. And so I went on our email with a joint email account. I knew he was a part of this accountability group. And so I went on there and he had confessed this accountability partner, everything that he had done in marriage. And um, so then I saw like massage parlors and strip clubs and I'm like shaking, like out of body experience at work, couldn't even focus. I'm in Redland, which is like an hour something away from where our, we lived. And I was like, I just need to get out of here. I feel so sick. So came home, said, I want a divorce. He's like, please I'll change. I'll do whatever. We reached out to a pastor and the pastor's advice to us was charity. You need to wear him out more. And whenever he needs something like you be, you be the beck and call. And then Clinton, you need to memorize more scripture. And so what did we do? If that was the first people that we had shared all this to, we took it and we ran with it. So it was like, I became this prostitute now whenever he needed sexual desires to be met, I thought that I was the answer. And lo and behold, I wasn't. And that broke me. And then that broke Clinton. Mm -hmm. And we both dived into more shame and hiding. And uh, it was, it was really bad. That's more than just bad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That that is destructive, abusive, totally lack of awareness. Um, man. Okay. That, that, that invokes all kinds of feelings in me that I can't, I can't express Mm -hmm. on the air. So, (laughs) so we'll get right back to more of the conversation right after this. So cheers to 2022 and the resolutions that you can actually keep. How about having clean and fresh nether regions all year round this year? Well, our sponsors at Manscaped are here to help you this year, make 2022 the cleanest and sexiest ever. Set your first New Year's resolution with good intentions and join the 4 million men worldwide who have trusted Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use our code SMR to get 20% off and free shipping. So it's the new year and the new me with the global leaders and the below the waist grooming. 
This year, take your package to the next level with their Performance Package 4.0 and, Pam, brand new Ultra Premium Body Wash. Inside the Performance 4.0 package, you'll find the signature Lawn Mower 4.0, which is an electric trimmer designed to trim hair on loose skin. Advanced scape skin technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate parts. And I love this. It actually comes equipped with a 4000K LED spotlight that shines light in the darkness to help you go boldly into 2022. And the new product that needs no introduction, the Ultra Premium Body Wash from Manscaped. It's a perfect addition to your daily grooming routine, but you do this in the shower. I mean, come on. The body smells well. This body wash smells great. It's cologne infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling clean, nice, and moisturized. I mean, your skin is soft. Win win. Yes. Plus, to complete this whole set, <laughs> Manscaped threw in their shed travel bag and anti chafing boxer briefs as free gifts to keep all your goodies stored comfortably this year. Kick discomfort and poor hygiene to the curb this year and use the best tools for the job. So whether your resolution is to work out more or travel to new places, be sure to travel to manscaped.com for our exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping with our code SMR. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and be sure to use our code SMR. Yeah. I think the the continual pattern too was just that we were trying to get help. Yeah. Like I think... And you mentioned it. That's what led to the creation of Restored to More, that we were we were Christians. We were God's children. Right. We were trying to seek godly advice. We were trying not to become a divorce statistic. Charity had every right to leave. Yeah. Every right. Even biblically, every right in the world. I mean, this guy, her husband, me, is cheating on her, is going elsewhere for all these things, is lying, is manipulating, is gaslighting, all these things. And she's like, okay, let's work on it. And we seek out help and she does, she becomes like, like a prostitute where I'm like, Hey, I'm feeling an urge. And she's like, okay, I'll drive to your work. And she's driving to work and we're trying to do sexual things in the parking lot just to like meet a need or something like that. And, and then she leaves. And of course there's so much shame there. There's no inner healing, right? None. So I'm going back to my job. I'm looking at pornography right after we're done and masturbating, because that's the only way I know how to cope with the shame, with the condemnation, with the feeling of I'm a wreck, I, I am internally flawed, and now my wife is hurting, and I am not a good enough Christian, and that's why I'm struggling. I mean, there was so much shame there; it was crazy. Okay. Yeah. So pretty much what ended up happening is about a year and a half, I think, later, Clinton had opened up to me again, like, "Hey, this is it's getting bad again. It's not just a, a struggle." Like, I'm I'm, so, like, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm acting out. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, what? Like, I was so naive again to be right. like, I had no idea this was an addiction and what needed to happen. Well, what was going on was we were struggling with this area and she's trying to have sex all the time, but it's not taking care of the addiction. Like we now know that never would. You don't, you don't give somebody who struggles with gambling a million dollars and say that that's going to solve your gambling problem. You don't, right. you don't give a, any kind of a drug addict more of the drug they're addicted to and think if we just give them enough drugs, that will take care of the problem. And so right. you don't solve a sexual addiction with sex. So right. it just wasn't working. So my my decision was, this isn't fixing it. I want to stay married. I have to lie again. Like I have to go back to lying and hiding. And then it got so bad that I had to admit what was going on again. So um, we went to an intensive with um, some counselors. And um, finally, uh, denial, denial was broken um, for Clinton in the sense of, I'm going to do whatever it takes for as long as it takes. I've been cheating on my wife. Cause up to that point, it had been so justified. Like mm-hmm. the counselor had said to him, how do you think your wife feels knowing that you've cheated on her 
hundreds, if not thousands of times. And he's like, his answer came out and he's like, oh, frick, can I just take that back? But the answer was, well, technically I haven't had intercourse and sex with anyone. And he was like, and then I, because I heard that I started weeping Mm -hmm. and bawling and breaking. And she's like, okay, I'm going to ask you that question again (laughs) while you're looking at your wife. Yeah. Taking, taking the surroundings of what's actually happening from the impact of what's going on here. And let's, let's, let's get a better assessment. Perfect. And he was like, oh my gosh, I've been cheating on my wife, like over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And it broke him. And from that moment, that's when we started um, true recovery. Well, not for me, but for him, Uh, they really gave him a lot of tools of um, a recovery program and just some specialist things that we needed um, to start diving deeper into childhood traumas and all those things. And so he started the journey of recovery and I was still just left like bleeding out at home. I'm, I'm, I was thinking if once he's sober, then our relationship's going to go back to normal or it's going to be better. But it wasn't, that wasn't the truth. It was, he was starting to recover, finding freedom. He's becoming this incredible man. He has now put all that shame and woundedness on me. And so now I'm left at home, broken, alone, and just still feeling like crap. And Mm -hmm. so um, I started having really bad sciatic nerve pain, lost my hair. And I was like, I need help too. Like I need to, I, 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 this is, has deeply affected me. Like, yeah. it's not just about you, but it's affected me. And so that's when I finally got connected to a betrayal trauma therapist and started my own journey to restoration and um, started getting healing on my end too. Yeah. Cause that's a pretty common uh, experience in the sense that the person that's been involved in the struggle to the depth you're describing, Clinton, of it's a lifelong thing. This has been my journey too, right? Of It started long before Pam. I carried it in with the belief that, oh yeah, marriage will make it all go away because now I can actually have what I've been looking for. And I've been using that as an outlet to not go have sex with other people before I get married. And lo and behold, it doesn't, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because it's yeah. a whole lot more complicated to have sex with another actual human being than a virtual thing that would never say no. Um, but it's, it's that element of, okay, once you start that process, you've got such a head start on restoration as you're framing it, mm-hmm. on healing, on growing, on, on developing integrity and living accordingly, uh, which is huge, that now all of a sudden your wife in this instance, she's so far behind. And now she's like, what, what gives? What just yeah. happened here? I, I am not the one that's had the problem with this. I've been the collateral damage and now I feel like it is all on me. I mean, that's a very common experience. So if anybody that's listening to this resonates with it, at least we need to acknowledge that, that that is a part of this dynamic in this journey. Okay. So you guys, you, you finally get somebody for you. You guys, you guys align with people's and that's the other thing that's the big standout to me is, um, finding good sources of information, mm, yeah, you know, finding people yeah. that can not normalize it, but, but not add so much shame over it because yeah. it is a human condition struggle and whether it's mm-hmm. pornography or acting out, or as you've mentioned, uh, gambling or sex, drugs, sex, alcohol, money, spending all of it. Well, that's just, we all have vices. Yeah. Right. Yep. So finding somebody that can at least acknowledge that and not get flipped out by it. Cause most of the time yeah. the church is so afraid of this crap. 
Mm-hmm. They just throw stuff at it that while it's not wrong, it's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, because yeah. that's that whole thing. And yeah. I, I have a real hard time saying this with some people because I'm not quite sure how they're going to label me. But it's that element of, well, you just need to pray more. That's not mm-hmm. wrong yeah. advice, mm-hmm. but it's not enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if that's all it is, it's interpreted as, well, there's something wrong because you don't pray enough rather mm-hmm. than, no, that's a component of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But man, you got to have some, you got to face some good things, mm-hmm. some tough things because this, the one thing that's ringing true to me, and this is where I want to pivot when we move to the extended content, because I think this is just kind of a dangling out there for the for those of the nation that are listening to this. Because what this is calling on is this is character and integrity demanding work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Right? It is. Because this is this is not about charity's not meeting enough of a need or charity you're not meeting enough of a need or being the right conduit or or playing the role or whatever. There's this other stuff that's being exposed in this. Yeah. That that makes it such an imperative to realize both parties are complicit in the journey, but they're not responsible for the other person's journey. Yeah. That makes sense? I think what, yeah, it does. I would just add to that. And that is that we didn't realize how much of what charity had gone through before me was affecting the restoration journey that we were going to embark on together mm-hmm. because she was sexually broken before I ever came to the picture as well. And that's not any excuse or anything like that on my end at all. It's just realizing that, wow, we had to climb a huge mountain. Yeah. She was sexually molested at seven years old yeah. and she came from abusive boyfriends. She came from having sex before marriage. She, she came from manipulative sex before marriage. Mm-hmm. I mean, she came from a broken background. And we got into a relationship and this only enhanced the pain of everything, Mm -hmm. but there was a lot of betrayal that had gone on before I entered the picture. Mm -hmm. My my actions just enhanced that pain. And so it was as if now the house that we had built, if you will, if it's a house that we built on marriage, not only was faulty in like the doors and this, there was a leak and that, that pipe broke and it decimated the entire thing. We were just left with a plot of dirt and we had to decide, are we going to rebuild this thing from the ground up? Yeah. And the reason why we titled it Restore to More, our tag is Restore, Rebuild, Reflect, is because there's a process that a relationship has to go through where they're going to decide, are we going to rebuild this thing from the ground up with a good foundation? Are we going to rebuild it with transparency and honesty? And what you're talking about is that, in my opinion. It's two people saying, you know what? I'm going to address my brokenness. I, I believe that what I did decimated charity i'm not saying i Mm -hmm. I have full responsibility for what i did but charity had to make that choice in herself to say am i going to choose to walk the healing path of the brokenness that not only clinton caused but also the brokenness that that was there before i ever met clinton Mm -hmm. and i had to choose to go am i going to rebuild our marriage for what our marriage can have but am i going to choose personally to go down the journey of restoration for myself so that, that the little kid in me gets healing as well. And that takes a lot of decision, a lot of character, a lot of follow through yet is 100% worth it. Yeah. And so the one thing that magnifies from both of you guys is it takes courage. Yeah. Right. That it, it takes tremendous courage to face the demons in real time and in our past. Yeah. Because those suckers don't go away. <laughs> I can try to make sense of them all I want, but I have to, I think in my mind, I have to recognize them better, channel them better. Yeah. call them out what they are and build something better. So uh, as we kind of wind down this first segment with you guys, uh, tell there, 
I, I cannot recommend uh, Restored to More enough hmm. from, from what I've heard of you guys and, and the interaction I get from you guys. So tell people how they can find you, kind of what you're about, if you would, please. Yeah. So you can go to our website. Our website is restored with the number two more.com. We also have a podcast that we release new episodes every Tuesday. Um, And so our podcast is called restored with the number two more. And then we also um, upload them on YouTube, have a YouTube channel. And then our Instagram is really, um, uh, we are uploading things constantly on a daily basis. So we really love to educate through reels uh, because we feel like our generation is uh, all about just like, you know, looking at videos and quick videos mm-hmm. and just like those little hits. And so we really try and educate about pornography and triggers and uh, trauma and sex and past sexual brokenness in like five to 10 seconds yep. through dances that are um, giving a lot of couples hope. And so if you want daily inspiration, I would encourage you to go on our Instagram. It's restored with the number two more. And um, we love being on there and kind of just being um, a couple that. Uh, it's just another voice to share a light on a dark topic. Yeah. Our other favorite thing we just created is our couples courses. So we believe that so many, and it's, it's, we just found that there was a need for a couple to understand recovery together. So what happened in our journey was that charity and I went to separate groups and we went to separate therapists and we were in separate sponsorship things. And that was so needed. We are such advocates for doing our own work simultaneously we become advocates for doing couples work even in the beginning of a journey Mm -hmm. so that I can understand what trauma does to the brain, especially with betrayal trauma. So that charity can understand the effects of pornography on my brain, just so that we can work towards our home becoming a safe place. Initially our home was so unsafe, so many triggers going on, so much lack of communication or it was word vomiting all over each other, which was triggering conversation. And so we want to help more couples learn how they can support their spouse on their journey of recovery and restoration, become a safe place for their spouse. And even before they become a safe place, learn how to be a safe person, even in the very beginning of recovery. And so we teach, we have couples courses that go to this and they're they're eight week courses um, and you can join them. We start them up again in January. They last uh, eight or 12 weeks, depending on which course you're in. But everybody starts in course one, they progress to course two, and it teaches them basically those principles. How do we, where does that's our good. relationship go? That's good. Cause that's, that's the one thing I think people need to recognize. And so those of you that are in the SMR nation that are hearing this and are resonating with this, with this path, regardless of where you are in the path, one of the things we hope you, that comes across from this dialogue, and I think I can speak for you both here is that you're not alone in the journey. Yeah. And so having other people with it makes a huge difference, especially those that can be non-judgmental, welcoming, supportive encouraging uh, honest and give us hope (laughs) yeah it is survivable um that's probably the biggest thing i've ever heard as a compliment is the people i've worked with Mm. in an intense level with this my ability to be able to say you know what this is survivable gives all kinds of hope Mm. i love that you guys are a walking testimony of that so thank you so much for the time thus far and i'm looking forward to pivoting where we're going to head next thanks Corey. this is awesome grateful when there are couples that are have gone down a journey like this Mm -hmm. that are willing to talk about it it's so freeing and empowering well it's amazing it is free and empowering it's um lets people know that they're not in this alone um but i think when we can set this 
mindset and kind of this this culture of being there for one another, mm-hmm. letting people know they're not alone, sharing a story in the right setting. Right. <laughs> and, and I love, I love the amazing. mission that they've got going on is this idea of how do we make crisis create more intimacy mm-hmm. and, and better selves and better relationships to not be afraid of it. I mean, we talk about this on more of a global, not just the specific route they are, t- they're targeting with, with the pornography journey, mm-hmm. but we talk about this as comfort. I mean, and, and conflict, right? Mm-hmm. Of how do I learn to lean into the discomfort right. of conflict? And that's what grows us up. Absolutely. And so I love that they are reclaiming some bad. Uh-huh. You know, it's like God can use use bad, right, for good, right. And they are a shining example of that, right. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. If this story has resonated with you, or you would love to hear more um, of similar. Let us know, 214-702-9565, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. So once again, we thank you for taking the time out to spend it with us, and we'll see you next time.